Yeah, that's a very good question because we 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 were lucky to just to have a, a paper in science robotics that addresses exactly that topic and um, in swimming. Uh, because interestingly, even in the field of neuroscience, there's still a bit of debate how locomotion is generated and controlled uh, between both the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. And as you know, the central nervous system is the is the the brain and the spinal cord. And the peripheral nervous system is all the nerves going to the muscles, but also all the, the sensory feedback signals coming through uh, dorsal roots through the spinal cord. And, and for even 100 years ago, there has been a debate, should we see locomotion in vertebrates as a more a central driven mechanism where the central nervous system creates oscillations, sends them to the body and then gets feedback. So a more like a bit feed forward control. Or should we see locomotion as a more sensory-driven principle where the peripheral nervous system is in charge and, and, and more uh, you should see locomotion as a, almost a chain of reflexes. You initiate a movement, you, you get into some sensory state, you get that back, and then like a pendulum through sensory signals, you, you generate rhythms. And it has been a big debate uh, between Francis Sherrington, a famous neuroscientist, and Brown, um, uh, who won, they had a bit, uh, not a fight, but they were, they had different propositions. And interestingly, we still don't know exactly uh, this beauty, how this integration of um, the central pattern generators, for instance, oscillators that can generate rhythms in the spinal cord, and the, the sensory feedback together play, generate locomotion in vertebrates animals. Interestingly, because people could isolate spinal cords and generate rhythms in, in isolate spinal cord, like in the lamprey, you can generate beautiful rhythms without any feedback, just out the, the neural networks. Most people these days were thinking it's mainly a central thing, like a feed forward thing. But the, we kind of underestimated the role of the sensory feedback as well. So to answer your question, we, we made a recent study where we could simulate all these components, the, the rhythm generating circuits, different types of feedback loops from, let's say, for instance, pressure sensors. And in animals, this leads to beautiful redundancy. We could show that exactly the same type of swimming patterns, you could either generate them by purely the network of oscillators, so a central mechanism, or by feedback loops um, and, and have it a, a sensory driven mechanism. And both coexist, we believe both coexist in the animal. And we could show that indeed, if you have this coexistence, you, can, you become super robust against lesions. You can destroy sensors, you can remove couplings between different parts of the spinal cord controllers, and the, the robot will still keep swimming. So uh, incredibly robust. Um, interestingly, like eels, in fact, if you take an eel, you can cut the spinal cord in two parts, it will still swim almost as intact as, uh, as before. So incredible robustness thanks to this combination, we believe, of central and peripheral mechanism. So I find this exciting because the, the robot allowed us for the first time to work to, with neuroscientists to systematically explore different combinations, something that's very hard to do on the real animal. And at the same time, at the end, we have a, a robot controller that's incredibly robust, that's a bit self-organized. And if you were to implement it in a distributed fashion, it would be very hard to, to break, basically, because of this very nice fault tolerance um, that's shown by the spinal cord. 
So that may be one, one answer to your question, is, is at least uh, we, we are very excited to study this combination of feed-forward feedback control, central and peripheral mechanism in, in, animal, in animals. Yeah. That's very interesting.